just about online. Sasha, are you here? Hi. Yes, I am. Hi, yay, we're just talking about yay. you. Oh, sweet. Hi, Amanda. Hello, hello friends. Good to see hello, you. Hello, friend. We just... Gosh, there's so many of you. I know. There's a lot of us, and we're all excited to see you. Our fellow Zimbabwean Rhodesian cat, <laughs> a lion, dragon, um, whatever else title. I remember first meeting you some years ago, Sasha. Um came to the opening of your new earth haven yes and it was the most amazing place and most amazing experience first of all to meet you because you were just this rock star in consciousness and i was like wow i'm meeting sasha i'm so excited and you are so divine and charming and wonderful and um and launched the new Earth Haven. That was quite a long time ago now. Well, I think that was 2017. Um, feels like an awful long time ago. Yeah. It does, it's like worlds away. But I tell you, anyway, I stayed in, it, it was in heaven for sure. It was a, an experience of heaven. I, I absolutely loved it. Well, thank you, thank you, Amanda. I mean, that's a, it's, a, it's a model, it's a template that we, designed and set into play because that that's how the world should look and feel you know but having said that it's been four years of hell to try and keep the encroachment against the haven you know you've got people just hacking down jungle and you've got idiot governments creating asphalted roads everywhere and you've got you know satellites still contaminating the air and it's it's a nightmare my my next project is almost certainly an, an island I need a contiguous piece of land and an island uh, surrounded by water. So right, we've got a few options. We're looking at that. And I'm hoping that by next year, we'll be able to make an announcement. But I'm really looking to create full spectrum bioremediation of one location um, surrounded by water where we can really steward the biome of the soil, the water and the air with absolute integrity and plasma shielding and then be able to allow those patterns of perfection to emerge in the plant life, in the, in the, uh, you know, the uh, coral reefs, and obviously affecting the humans living in that community. We all know heaven is supposed to be anchored to this plane. And it's about restoring the immanent divine template that self-reveals, self-reflects, and self-exists behind this fucked up 3D temporal matrix. <laughs> And so let's just get on with the business of it. But I insist we have to eradicate government from the midst because that creature only uh, defiles, degrades, pollutes and exploits and manipulates. So we need to wake up and recognize that it's okay as a son or a daughter of God to say, fuck the government. It is a evil technology. It is a Babylonian Atlantean technology it's a dead idea it's an an alien interventionist lower astral um uh, uh, complex it has no business in eden get out and be able to then remove it and i'm insisting that that's what 2020 and 2021 is all about and i'm also insisting that that's what the gateway today is all about is about us making that distinction within the atman within our quintessence and saying get thee behind me satan 
no longer. I will not comply. I will not obey. I am not born to this world to pay homage to Caesar or any of these wicked cult of ISIS uh, Babylonians. Not interested. Thank you very much. Behold. Yeah. Wow. Aho. <laughs> and Sasha, we know that if there's anyone who can make that happen, it's you. Because you, well, I can certainly speak it because I, I mean it and because yeah. I embody it and I live it. Yeah. Absolutely. The sacred flame that you've been burning and standing in for a long time. And I just want to thank you so much for that. You've burned bright and strong for many of us, you know, just finding like being able to follow that flame. And that I certainly speak for myself um, when I've been exhausted and sort of fallen. <laughs> Get back up and like focus again. Where's Sasha? Okay, there, there. Okay, let's go. <laughs> um, and we, it's interesting. We had a, a time at Adam's calendar just recently with Michael Tellinger, and um, just sort of doing what we can to forge that flame and and sort of make our own way, plant the seeds of intent of burning that truth without government, without the, that system in place. And um, we had a very strong event, but it was, you know, it was very clear that this natural law process of learning about our sovereignty and standing in our own flame had to be a big part of our learning and our doorway. And you've always been so um, strong and incredible with teaching that to people. Sure, I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the premise of, um, or the cornerstone uh, to uh, understanding why we projected plasma or sentience into this temporal realm. Each of us have to acknowledge that there is, the, there is, a, a, there is a threshold, there is a, an axiomatic point where we acknowledge that we're moving from that to this. The that is entropy. The that is incarnatory cycles of dissolution and resurrection, dissolution, resurrection, death, harm, injury, hurt, pain, sorrow, loss, separation. The trial of separation essentially describes that. And then when we move into the sovereign uh, flame and we allow the flame of pure truth, so to speak, to, to eradicate all the Atlantean mythos and the incoherent geometry of the fabric of soul within self, only self, because you exist in order to reflect back to me aspects unresolved or resolved of self. And where they're resolved, you and I are in phased coherence. And that's when the empathic waveform opens up and we understand one another and we transmit. But only pure truth allows that. Otherwise, we're in the entropic realm. So that sovereign flame that we're now collectively universally, galactically, and planetarily being pulled into a, a, um, a planetary call to action. It's like, really, shit will get off the pot. This is it. This is it. Because if you do not actualize in the now, any of us, we move into space dust, needfully and necessarily. This is so, so important. It's not as though it's just another rinse cycle in the great yugas. This is it. This is where we make the distinction. Are we going to join the living or the dead? Are we going to mask ourselves against our divinity or are we going to embrace our divinity? Are we going to allow the breach of our sovereign divine flesh 
with surgical steel and allow a fucking needle with lethal chemical poisons designed to scramble our DNA and ultimately trigger um, self-replicating nanodiodes to start growing in our body remotely steered by some satanic Babylonian priesthood transhumanizing us collectively into a cyborg species because that's exactly what is happening at the scientific clinical level mm. with this so-called vaccine program but it's not just that it's the geoengineering it's the glyphosates it's the fluoride it's the historical abomination and calamity that has been perpetrated against us by the rockefeller convention which is to say government priest bankers uh, sons of belial you know cultivate all of that stuff has engineered this creature now you and i determine today Today is the best day probably in the history of time as we understand it to make that distinction and go, no, I break that old covenant. I renew the covenant within the Atman, with self. And the, the minute a threshold number of us have done that, and by best accounts, that number is 144,000 more or less, more or less. And I'm looking deeply into the subject right now with mathematicians, geometers, and, and, and astrologers and so on, working closely with David Sarita on this, uh, most especially. But whatever that threshold event is of how many human beings need to actualize in the temporal realm in order to catalyze the activation of the uh, so-called morphogenetic um, grid and thereby dispel the thrall of the fallen light of Atlantis, which activates the newer sphere, brings this entire planetary realm into phase coherence with the divine imminent template. That is what's happening. This is the early onset of the mechanics of ascension that we are blessed to be experiencing. Those of us who choose to um, open eyes unfiltered and really own uh, the majesty of who we be in the now, we will be the ones which, of course, we're the meek and we're the ones inheriting the earth, so to speak. But sovereignty is the cornerstone. Sorry to wax lyrical, but sovereignty is the cornerstone of all of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, oh, I've completely forgotten my question now. So <laughs> oh, my, my, my I had a brilliant one and it's just gone. <laughs> It'll come back in a second. <laughs> hmm. Maybe just a moment of silence is good. Someone here, Natalie, Natalie is very kindly saying that she'd welcome, welcome me to her island of Mauritius. Well, it's a place I've often wanted to go to. So thank you for that. Hi, Sasha. Yes. Hi. I, Hi. Am, I am Vivian, the Connecting Consciousness Coordinator for Africa. And I think I can give Amanda a little bit of a rest for her energy and her vocal cords. She has been on it energetically the entire day. I have been, as usual, watching my little seven-year-old twins, and she has been holding this amazing Lionsgate space for all of us. So I think I will um, let her have a little bit of a rest and have a bit of a chat with you for a while. We are so pleased and so honored to have you join us. I'm not too sure what time it is in Mexico. It is a convenient 8 p.m. here in South Africa. Um, what time is it there where you are? 1 p.m. 1 and, and, and absolutely beautiful day, what to say. There you go, same in Africa. It is always a beautiful day here. 
I'd just like to say thank you for your tour around America for allowing the American people to see a little bit of our African spirit and your Indonesian spirit. I spent my um, honeymoon 13 years ago in Bali and in Ubud and all around that area for a month. It was absolutely fabulous. And my family is from Zimbabwe. I went to Zimbabwe, then Rhodesia, before I was conscious of the fact and we were refugees which is why I was born in South Africa so uh, we had to leave under that regime we entered into another strange regime here in South Africa but we so appreciate the work of yourself and the work of Simon with uh, you two being African brothers and myself being the representative of the continent here I feel a very close connection and I've always wanted to have you um on our show so to speak so when amanda mentioned that she was able to make contact for this very special day being that of the lion's gate i was so excited to uh to be able to speak with you and apparently this is a very special um lion's gate portal today because the sun and the moon are both in the same uh point of leo in the sky so that doesn't happen very often so we're really experiencing a a strong energetic point tonight and I'd just like to thank all the people I can see from all the different time zones and countries I recognize all of you for being here where we are this evening and whatever other time zone uh, you are in we've got a couple of connecting consciousness coordinators from around the world I can see Ireland and our Europe coordinator and I can see Switzerland and France and I can see our Pennsylvania coordinator so thank you so much everybody I can see members from Ghana from Mauritius and our our uh, members from Portugal now Portuguese coordinator but dare I say anything that is uh, soon to be announced and uh, yeah Sasha if you've got a couple of words for Africa for your birthplace on this incredibly uh amazing time that we are going through and this this lions get portal this evening will be much appreciated well what to say um africa in the archetypal sense represents the the it's called the dark constant or has been um historically been called the dark constant for a good reason because in in a sense it represents um the um unconscious or the subconscious um, in, in the gestalt, in, in the greater field of consciousness planetarily. Um, it's the, the, the genesis point in so many ways of, of civilization and of, of cultures. Um, and it is the, the greatest um, unresolved element in the, in the zeitgeist as well. And by that, what I mean is um, Africa is the biggest continent by far, if we understand the Mercator map, which we live by and have lived by for the best part of 500 years, which is a godless lie. The Mercator map is an absolute travesty. That the map that children are taught of the world, the atlas of the world is a lie. Africa is vast, enormous, so much bigger than is uh, depicted on the atlas. Um, you can fit uh, China, Russia, America, and Europe into Africa. Africa is enormous. 
So I invite uh, people who are on the journey of awakening to begin with step one, which would be to go back in terms of the rudiments of what we learn about ourselves and our planet. Go back, look at the Mercator map versus the true map or the true atlas of the earth and really get to grips with that. Stop playing into the Mercator model of this world because it's a goddamn lie and start to teach your kids and your neighbors the truth about what our planet more or less looks like. Let's not get into flat earth versus round earth here, but just talk in terms of the basic topography of how things uh, are in terms of scale. Africa is huge. It's the cradle. It's, it's the wealthiest by far nation, uh, forgive me, continent on the face of the earth in terms just in, in terms of resources and in, in terms of biodiversity. So it's got all of those secrets which are on the brink also of revelation. Um, Africa is, is going to be leading in a sense, the new earth. Um, I, I'm in touch with the powers, the extant powers that are rejigging the so-called reset as it relates to Africa. These are so-called white hats that I'm in communication with and have been for over three years now. And these immensely powerful and wealthy um, um, elements have been waging war against the kingdom of the devil, which they assure me has been taken care of now. And what you're going to find is that Libya in North Africa is going to be leading as a gateway or a conduit for the resurrection of Africa with new trading ports and a springboard to the rest of the world. So North Africa, there's a big emphasis on re-infrastructural uh, development taking place there now. And trillions, literally trillions of dollars are now being deployed into the infrastructural redevelopment of North Africa because Africa is about to take its position on the world stage in the next five to seven years. That much I can tell you is happening in, in the basement. Uh, but that also falls back and relates to the psycho-emotional body and the psycho-cultural body of Africa. So it's on the brink of a, of a resurrection, and that's a beautiful thing. What we have to do, especially in South Africa, is we need to now collectively identify that the common enemy, in a sense, is politics and politicians. So what we should be doing as, as a collective of awakening uh, conscious beings is we need to individually cogitate and own the fact that all politics, politicking is redundant and that it has no place in the new earth that we're, that we're manifesting. We have to eradicate, erase from the hologram politicking because it's all trading lies and deceptions. It's all manipulation, all of it. And so I would suggest that if we're, if we're serious about the business of emancipation or consciousness or of, of, of uh, reclamation of sovereignty and all of these elements that this noble group here represents as leadership in Africa, please own the fact that we must disentangle um, our world from politics and politicking. And that includes diplomacy. Diplomacy is also the art of deception. I've been a, a citizen diplomat for almost quarter of a century, as you know, working with world leaders, and I continue to do that to this day. So I understand diplomatic etiquette, but we need to envision a world beyond the need to sit and clear our voices and clink cocktail glasses together and talk shit 
and try to you know do trade and exchange deals and all the rest of it no 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 zimbabwe needs to become africa and south africa needs to become africa mauritius needs to become africa libya needs to become africa we need to start to dissolve the the borders in a sense i'm not talking about george soros's wet dream of open borders and open no i'm not talking about that but what i'm saying is we need to at some point once we've eradicated the kingdom of the devil we need to release ourselves from national nationalism is ultimately right now it's important the reason i went on that three-month tour viv was in order to wave the american flag and i don't like flags as i told the tens of thousands of people that came to see us on the tour i i don't like flags i despise flags i despise emblems i despise all of that stuff but Right now, I'm clinging onto the American flag and waving it. Why? Because I appreciate that if America were to fall, and Simon uh, agrees with me 100% on this, uh, Simon Parks, we've, we've had this discussion on my last Lazarus Initiative Symposium. If America does not get threaded through the eye of the needle, the world falls. So we need to reclaim um, the, the identity of the American people. Right now, it's okay to be, have national fervor but nationalism is not the same thing as government. There is a, a huge difference and we must weed government and the, the technocracy must be, at, that's the weed. That is the, 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 the deathly weed, the witch weed that has come into our lives has been the technocracy, the bureaucracy, the government. And we need to now eradicate it. And you've got three arms, as we're told, ju judicial, legislative and executive. All of them are redundant. The judiciary are rotten to the goddamn core. And so is the legislative and so is the executive branches of all governments. Governments in and of themselves are corporations masquerading as governments, which places them in high treason. How do you deal with treason? You take the subject out into the market square, you hang it by the neck until dead, or you shoot it in the head. Now that's ugly language. And it's defiant language and it's revolutionary language, but it's exactly the kind of language mothers and fathers need to hear and remember today as the public health administrators are lunging towards their babies with lethal cocktails dressed up as a vaccine, trying to mandate the culling of humankind. That's where we're at. Let's collectively, let's eradicate politics, diplomacy, government, statutory bullshit, from our lives and reclaim our humanity. Simple as that. Thanks, Sasha. I just want to um, see if anybody else, thanks Viv. Um, I'd like to just see if anybody else has any questions um, for Sasha. I, I definitely have a question around the Spiritual White Boy Fund. Um, if there's any, there seems to be all this money um, coming available through the Gasara Nasara um, projects and they point to that as one of the sources i don't know if you have any in insights well i i've got i do have insights and I, i'm not sure this is uh, the arena for me to make um to to elucidate too much on that and the reason being um i'm in touch with white spiritual boy i'm in touch with spiritual wonder boy they are very different individuals and they carry different legacy so white spiritual boy is and and a1 m1 and a spiritual wonder boy are discrete entities different codes um and i'm in touch variously with all three uh, parties 
Um, and I, I can tell you, Amanda, that there is still internecine um, struggles going on as it relates to their own understanding of the pecking orders. So it's, a, it's like an ongoing uh, quantum push me, pull me tug of war that's been going on for some years. I've been involved since 2005, which is a long time. That's 16 years. So I was approached 16 years ago by the Indonesian elders and asked if I would stand as a uh, proxy trustee of the, um, I can't remember the sums, it was trillions of dollars that were owed to the Indonesians. This is before I went to Bali, incidentally. Um, before I moved to Bali, I was approached in London and asked if Humanitad would position itself uh, as, a, as, as a trustee, interim trustee, to try to force the Federal Reserve to return some of the inordinate amounts of monies owed to Indonesia, the Indonesian trust since 1946, because of the gold holdings that had been sequestered in Fort Knox, used as a collateral to issue a post-war dollar and rebuild the world. And so I got involved for about two years in that, and it got very scary. I've spoken a little bit about what some of the stuff that we witnessed and that happened connected to the Federal Reserve and the banks and the um, satanic elements leading up to the feet of George Herbert Walker Bush in his dressing gown early hours one morning. Not fun, not fun at all. You don't ever want to be in that position. But the point is the feds, AKA the Kazarian mafia, AKA the Bush, Clinton, um, Dulles, Kissinger, Soros, um, his uh, 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 generational crime cartel blocked absolutely blocked any redemption up until uh, fairly recently. And redemption is happening because it has to happen, because the, 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 the dominoes game got to a threshold event where it couldn't sustain the echo of the reflection of the shadow of its own deception any longer. And no one was buying. Uh, so in a sense, let me just break it down here. The the conundrum we are still to some extent caught up in right now in this internecine struggle that's going on is the distinction between those so-called white hats that are doing what they can. And these include Masonic elements, good Masonic elements. Be clear, there is a, there is a 9 to 11% differential within the global economic landscape, the entire global economic landscape of trade and exchange commerce. There is a nine to 11% that is contained within the rest of the global uh, financial system. And that nine to 11% is contained by treaty by the White Hats. Historically, they've always been able to operate within that that, uh, that uh, hermetically sealed bubble. So they've been allowed to trade and have certain, let's say, um, high yield trading programs that you know, help to finance infrastructure and do good things in the world, but they've been limited to this kind of 10%. Now that's, about, that's switching right now. I think you'll find that the satanic Sabbatean Khazarian mafia are going to be negotiating a position where they can still operate within their own bubble with impunity for a period of time as they leave the world stage. But the white hats are taking over the mainframe, the 90% game. That's my take on what's happening. You cannot simply from one day to the next 
hit a master switch and expect that all of the witchery of the satanic global financial system is going to change instantly into some benevolent, great, huge, you know, Christed light. It's not going to happen that way. There is a kind of crossover. And then there is the black moves into the white, the white moves into the black. Look at the Taoist symbol and, and, and understand. So I think that that's the process we're involved in right now. What I can say is this, is that the historical hereditary elders slash leaders are in the main foundationally very good humans. In the same way that I will categorically state that the hereditary leaders and kingdoms and queendoms of Africa and elsewhere are foundationally good humans. I know the, the most powerful king in Southern Africa. I've dealt directly with him and the queen and they command an army of over 200,000 uh, people. Huge, huge. Who no, is that, Sasha? I'm not naming that here. Okay. I'm not able okay. to do it because of the politics going on in Southern Africa. Okay. The point I'm making is that the, I've interacted with them recently, spoken with them at great length, had extraordinary meetings with them and learned a great deal. And the point is that they are also on the verge of resurrection and reclamation and restoration. But they know that it's also a dangerous game and it's got to be, it's the geometry has to land in the appropriate way. So right now, I would say the most powerful thing is resonance, frequency, attunement and alignment. Because as we collectively start to reclaim our own sovereign flames, that rejigs the geometry in our field of influence individually and through morphogenesis connects with others. And that allows for the greater um, geometry to unfold and lock in. Otherwise, it won't. It can't because there's too many spells and bonds in the, in the configuration. And we'll constantly be doing what, what if all of us on this call, I guarantee all of us on this call are more or less of the same soul tribe or, or soul frequency attunement. And I know I speak for all of you when I say that our lives, mine's half a century, our lives have been populated with our genuine heartfelt desire to do good and to be good in this world. And yet we've been fucked every step of the way. Every time we have a noble agenda or objective, we wanna build a good business. We want to you know, heal, restore, remediate. We are, we are assailed with problems in business, in finance, with the banks, with the, with the trading standards authority, with, the, with the, the police, with the government, with the statutory bullshit. This is the way each of us have been forged like steel steal over the, uh, the course of our lives to this point. Mm -hmm. Now, because the geometry is changing and 8-8 eight, eight today is a seminal shift point, we are going to find the geometry of our lives receiving prosperity and abundance and the flow, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a quantum, beautiful, effortless, seamless journey, more or less. And that's because we're over, over the, the prowl. We're now moving into in a sense downhill it's not an uphill walk but but that the same thing holds true amanda with the the hereditary elders and the hereditary leaders there are good guys and there are not good guys most of them are good guys that that i've met and i know that because when you exchange fire in the eyes 
And again, the hereditary elders and leaders like A1, M1, uh, White Spiritual Boy and Spiritual Wonder Boy, I, I have been with them. I've gone and spent time with them, multiple countries. And in the case of Spiritual Wonder Boy, um, he came with his delegation to my home in Bali and stayed with me, albeit only for one night. But I, it was enough to be able to sit in my own living room and, and, and feel the radiance and embrace this extraordinary creature whose hair, incidentally, goes from the tip of his head all the way down and touches the ground, literally, behind him. Wow. And he walks like some extraordinary Mandarin um, prince, a young, extraordinary, beautiful creature. Um, but the point is this. I'm not that enamored with these characters. I know what they represent. I understand what their DNA represents. Um, but there's many of them. There are literally hundreds of hereditary leaders who have are holding on to covenants and treaties that were cut by the Jesuits over 500 years, from Philippines to Swaziland. And, and those blessed hereditary leaders, the ones that I've met, I have been trying to convince to say, at some point, we need to redeem ourselves from usury and from the legacy of economics altogether. So what you are representing with your treaties and the papers and the seals that you've got, and you're saying that you are due, you know, whether we're talking about the Zimbabwean um, currency issue, you know, redemption, or we're talking about the dinar redemption, they're all part of the same godless casino complex. Let's be honest. Let's be blunt with one another here. It's rotten to the core. It's why I personally want nothing to do with that element of the redemption, because the new earth that I inhabit is beyond economics altogether, altogether beyond it. In the same way that the Andromedan, Arcturian, Pleiadian, Alpha Centurion intelligences out there, highly elevated intelligences in the main are beyond economics. They don't do social ecology and socioeconomics and sociopolitics in those realms because they're far too smart to do that kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. We equally as a collective need to elevate ourselves beyond the need to exchange with fetid little coins and totems, whether they are sovereigns with Caesar's face on them or they are Bitcoin with encryptions, all of which is a hidden, invisible, shady language, ghastly. No part of my spirit aligns with Bitcoin. No part of my spirit aligns with Ethereum. I appreciate it. So don't get me wrong. I appreciate anyone right now who is feeding off the tit of the cow of Mammon. Go for it, baby. You have my full endorsement. For right now, between now and the year 2030, milk that tit as much as you can and get back whatever you can and enjoy the casino. Because to some extent, this rep is representative of that struggle, that greatest struggle that we've been having as a, as a, as a peoples. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful that we're able to claw back sovereignty and exchange and commerce, but do so always holding the highest noble aspect, which is that all economics is rotten and part of a empirical casino system, which is a defilement to the fabric of soul. Mm. So I've got one more quick question, then I must open it to the floor. Um, this, this, all this gold that is here on this planet, first of all, we can create that gold. We actually, I would say we are that gold. Um, we've just maybe forgotten how to, 
how to be that gold, right? Very good. And so, you know, in terms of the, the physical gold, I guess it's a, it's a little bit like the med beds. Everyone's trying to get it, but actually we can be it. We can access it, you know, um, through our own quantum zero point state. And so I think that that's in a way the sovereignty that you're speaking about, you know, it's- I love that. We can actually, if we put our minds to it, we could teleport that gold into our bedroom you know, have a couple of bars or whatever, you know, yeah. and just start practicing yeah. instead of waiting okay. for it. So, so I love this. I love, I love where, this, where this takes us. So in the first instance, um, yes, the human um, crystalline actualized DNA, so-called DNA, RNA, I don't even like that term, but it's, it's what we use. Um, the actualized crystalline or Christed DNA, RNA will become the capacitor for the transcoding or transducing of the codes of perfection into the mortal realm, which means that what we project through our plasma or the light bearing, meaning to say the state of witness that we project into the temporal realm will become whatever we want it to be. Ultimately, once the ascension process is fully underway, we will incrementally and exponentially see an increase in that phenomenon, which is human beings projecting plasma into the field and perfecting the mortal realm with incredible perfection, which is written into the, the so-called matrix. So gold, the I, that's why in the last couple of years, I've referred to it as the, the diamantine element within the DNA because it is a diamond in that sense. It's the, it's the most fierce, most perfected, most purified aspect of noble, a- Noble, noble. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, the, but you, the distinction comes about when we relinquish our false light adherence to the fool's gold. And the, the, the chunks of gold in the basement in Buckingham Palace or the Vatican or Fort Knox or um, not that they're there anymore. Um, I see that somebody um, leaked onto the web uh, photographs of me with one of the um, elders, um, with me handling some of the historical gold um, in Indonesia and those Im images are there. But I've been, I've, I've handled um, much of the gold over 15, 16 years. And the gold and platinum themselves, the bricks are housed in gold and platinum um, containers and this is ancient stamped gold and it goes back to Solomon and it's a phenomenon it's a very interesting story but what I learned is this Amanda I find gold repugnant I was offered one billion dollars worth of gold by one of the chief uh, uh, elders hereditary elders I was offered this a number of years ago shortly after I launched new earth project and that was offered in hard currency in gold. Uh, and I refused it. And at the time, I remember feeling quite dizzy and thinking, I've just turned down $1 billion worth of hard gold as a, as a, as an, a collateral behind the issue of a new earth cryptocurrency or whatever, however I wanted to play it. Mm -hmm. And I had to sit with it. And I did, and I really had to sit with it and ask myself, what am I doing here? What is my duty of care 
to self and to others. And I recognized the falsity of the gold. So the 3D gold that is in bars in Fort Knox and elsewhere, wherever it is stashed away um, in Escobar's dungeon is not the gold I'm talking about. That's the fool's gold. And we need to relin relinquish our adherence to it. I personally despise the notion of a gold-backed currency, although I agree with it in the now. Right now, I agree to what Kennedy was trying to do, um, you know, Paris Hilton, all of that, and the, trying to get a greenback issued in 1963 off the back of uh, a, a new gold being lent by Indonesia. I agree with that, but um, for interim, as an interim thing. But ultimately, I recognize that we have to relinquish our adherence to gold altogether because I'm able to project gold into the temporal realm once, only once I've relinquished adherence to, to the false light. And you see the thing that's inhibiting our capacity, I'm gonna say this again slowly. The thing that is inhibiting our innate capacity to manifest gold in the temporal realm using the physical technology is our false light adherence to the false gold. Mm. So get that, relinquish your, ident your entanglement or your identification or your adherence to wealth, to money, to gold, things that sparkle. Let go of that magpie aspect of self, the golem creature, the little sprite that my precious that wants to claim and own and store and save and, you know, hide under the mattress. Once we've relinquished, because all of that is totemistic of fear. And all of that is, is accreted 3D totemization of fear, which is so dangerous. That's one step from cancer. So once you've totemized and accreted into 3D fear into money or gold and sequestered it in a bank account or under the mattress, you've just given yourself into the thrall of scarcity. You've basically said, I'm paying homage to the gods, to the lords of time. Good luck, baby. You've just programmed death into your DNA and you've just removed the resurrection capacity. So that's why I'm so absolute on the subject and I can speak on it for hours, days, weeks, because it's the dream spell. The dream spell is anchored by our ad addiction and adherence to false light. And that's connected to time and money and fear. Um, don't know if I can say much more than that for mm. present purpose. Thank you so much. Um, I'd like to just open the floor to other people. We've got a, a great group here. Would anybody else like to ask some questions? Um, how long do you have, Sasha? I'm good for uh, another 30 minutes. Okay, great. Thank you. Any questions from anybody? I, I'll just ask a quick question, Sasha. It's very, very um, gracious of you to join us today. And I'm again, very thankful to Amanda for, for today. Uh, I suppose just in, in relation to your last uh, trip through the States, I'm from Chicago myself, and I know Chicago, um, a lot of my family are still very much asleep, unfortunately. What was your feeling of, um, you know, those people that you met and how did you feel they were coping, I suppose, like in Ireland at the moment, we're, we're feeling a lot of um hammering down and trying to keep us under the thumb and pushing out vax passports and all this and we're starting to wake up what was your thoughts around um the the american people and where they're at right now with it because i think everybody's getting a little bit tired everybody just wants it over yeah. what's your thoughts on that 
So, hi, Anita, good to meet you. And let, let me just say that um, um, it, it's, it's a hard question for me to answer, and it's a very easy one. So I'll try the easy answer first. The people of middle America of whom I have exchanged spike, with whom I've exchanged spike proteins for the last three months, um, and tens of thousands of them, I've embraced them, spoken to them, sat on the grass and cried, leaned in on, learned from. District attorneys, senators, military veterans, army officers, grassroots, ranchers, cripples, people who are completely reliant on the state across the board. Such an incredible cross-section of humanity, which is why I threw myself into that shit show. And what I got from that was my takeaway is I got a 100% alpha omega indomitable spirit of resurrection and compassion, courtesy, common decency, limitless kindness. And you know, it's just so beautiful. That was my takeaway. So what does that tell us? This is the complex answer. It tells us that the alchemization process is truly underway of the civilization of the species. It tells us that the Adamite is going to be resurrected supremely in our time, in our age, in our day. We will be the ones to witness it because we are it. And that the thrall of all the evil and all the witchery and all the skullduggery and all the satanic Sabbatean Luciferian nonsense that we're subjected to, mind, body, and soul, has no, absolutely no thrall over the emergent Adamite. That much is absolutely based on what I saw. That's what I hoped to see, and that's what I saw. I didn't think I would see it. I thought I would see a struggle going on. I thought we would have hecklers and a lot of love. I thought it would be a bit of this and a bit of that. I thought we'd get rocks at the head and a few bullets in the windows of the bus. I thought I would be trolled and attacked. Not a bit of it. Every single instance for three months, and we drove between six and 13 hours a day, got off, wheels down, jumped on stages, did our thing, sometimes in thunderstorms, jumped down, got back in, go to the hotel, check in, wake up in the morning, drive, stop at truck stops, Walmarts, whatever, along the way, being mobbed as well, incidentally. It was just beautiful. Yeah, right in the middle of nowhere, people knew exactly who we were. They knew who I was. They knew about the ITNJ. They knew about the New Earth Project. It was like, oh, my God. That was so humbling for me. So not a single negative incident other than being apparently targeted in Penn State by some kind of scalar intervention, which took down the front two rows in the church that we were doing the gig in. Scott McKay's dad died yesterday subsequent to what happened. The man got hit on the day he was in the front row right in front of me. I acknowledged him wow. as a beautiful man, the general. And we all became very seriously ill, including my crew, seriously wow. ill for a few weeks. And uh, we're over it now. Uh, and blessed be, it's a beautiful new dawn and all of that. But that was serious. And that was that was um, that was bad. And it did disrupt the tour. And sure, it did. It, 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 Scott had to cancel Scott McKay and his Navy SEALs got hit so badly they couldn't stand. 
I got hit badly for three days um, in, in Pittsburgh where we were smart enough to just park up, go into a hotel and die for 72 hours. Um, and, but three weeks is what it took. I've lost all smell and all taste erased from me for a month now. I can't, over, well over a month, can't taste or smell anything. But the point I'm making is other than that hit, which now I, I am, Scott was convinced day one that that was a, a, some kind of biological hit. We got contacted by Melchizedek and others who said, uh, we saw what happened and you've been, you were uh, targeted um, and you were uh, um, dusted. Um, and I didn't believe it. And I've been, I've been targeted in the past. I've, I've, I've been subjected to bioweapon DNA signature attack, which almost uh, took me out in 2016. And uh, people who know me and have seen the photographs of what happened to me for four months know how serious that hit was on me and how that led me to research and understand 5G and then get into that and make the 5G apocalypse film and now really get behind remediation of the, uh, of the uh, airwaves because of that frequency intervention is the big existential threat to us. Bottom line is the heart soul of middle America is absolutely intact. Let's extrapolate that onto or let's transpose that onto Ireland. Ireland by distinction is a failure, an abject failure and a fucking disgrace. And to all of my beloved brothers and sisters in Ireland, I say shame on you, eternal shame on you um, from the eternal Christ, because the role that you are supposed to be representing, embodying, enacting, and manifesting at this time is the very best of the Irish. Yes, you are the white slaves. You are also the chosen ones and you are actually the chosen tribe. Forget the Israel bullshit. Forget the Khazarian Ashkenazi um, Israeli Jewish bullshit and claims to be the chosen ones. The Irish blood carries the codes the most precise codes of the Adamites. So having said that piece, which I felt I needed to say because I'm so fucking angry with my Irish brothers and sisters, let me say, I adore my Irish brothers and sisters. I love them to death. And I happen to know that either which way that resurrection is gonna be coming from Ireland. So I just take a horse whipping cause you deserve it. And then look within collectively find that diamond team, Quanta, it's going to emerge. If I was in Ireland, let me tell you what I would be doing, Anita. I would lead an army of actualized souls to the stone of Tara. I would place my hand on the stone of Tara and I would have a thousand people around me place their hands on everyone's shoulders so we're all morphogenetically connected to the stone of Tara. Then I would shut my eyes and I would listen to the sound and to the pulse of the Irish soil and allow the resurrection to emerge naturally, innately, if we can't do it psycho-intellectually because we're too mind-fucked by media and by pro cult programming, then let the soil remind us of who we are and especially of who the Irish are. I'm Scottish, 
So I, I'm, there's a kind of kinship there. It's not too far removed. Um, I'm loosely in touch with um, Van Morrison, um, who I spoke to um, shortly before I jumped on tour. And um, we had a, a beautiful um, call on, on, on Zoom or Skype, I can't recall. And I'm hoping to speak to him in the, in the next few days, as well as with um, one of your famous daughters, Professor Dolores Cahill, who's a beloved friend of mine. And Dolores, <laughs> in a sense, has been really um, doing the heavy lifting <laughs> for Ireland. So I'll be, I'm, I'm hoping to speak to Dolores um, in the next day or two. But, you know, you've got some of the seminal um, um, intellectual terrorist, um, you know, Christed ones in Ireland. And they are communicating and they're leaning in. And I think you're going to see some extraordinary fireworks issue from Ireland. But right now, it's about the common Irish pulse. That's what needs to actualize. It's not about a Van Morrison taking a stand or a, a Professor Dolores Cahill. It's about the common pulse of Ireland. That's the bit that needs to, to self-reflect and self-reveal. Has to happen. And uh, I'm not clever enough to know when that's going to happen. I just know thank it will. You. No, thank you so much. And listen, I'm ready to rec the recording of this will be played for my for my members in uh, in CC era, and we need to hear that because we we feel um, like we're doing our bit, but it's 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 a hard man. Let's, we are like, what's Ireland afraid of? The fucking God. No, really? I'm, I'm not. It's, it is everybody else. And well, I realize you're not. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm asking yeah. the question. Anita, I'm asking yes. the question, what are we afraid of? Mm. Men in costume, yeah. women in costume, these little tits in their ill-fitting costumes with their stupid tasers and their stupid paraphernalia on their stupid belts with their stupid badges and the stupid expression on their stupid faces. And why do I say that? Because anyone choosing to commit treason against the sovereign is by definition stupid mm. right now, today. Because you will, if you're not tarred and feathered, you'll be hung by the neck. So choose. So I would rather the stupid ones in costume paid attention to what's being said here. But by the same token, it's our good fellows in Middle Ireland that need to pick up sticks, pointy ones, and pots and pans, whatever you can get your hands on. When your babes are being threatened with DNA intervention, culling, extinction, and that's being enforced by a bunch of mandarins in costume who are too feckless and stupid to understand the satanic role they're playing, be damned. Every one of you, be damned. I agree. Thank you. If you can get over here, I'll provide the whip, Sasha. <laughs> and we'll all stand in line. <laughs> Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Hi, Sasha. Um, similar question. My name is Letitia. We had a march, a freedom march, a couple of weeks ago. And my biggest ache for Southern Africa was the minuscule numbers of people that were walking for freedom, specifically 
in Johannesburg. It was really, truly, in my opinion, I don't know what you have to give us related to the southern tip of Africa. Thank you, Tish, and good to meet you. Um, I don't know how to even approach that, that question. Um, where are you based? In Johannesburg. Okay. So I, I lived in Johannesburg for three years in Melville. I'm, I'm somewhat similar with the, with the, um, with, with, with the vibe, the, you know, albeit that was a long time ago. Um, I, I, it's, it's, hard, it's hard for me to, to answer this because I've not been there a long time. I've not pegged myself into the, into the gestalt of, of Southern Africa. But what I do know is that, um, is that there is going to be a bifurcation in Southern Africa and Johannesburg is a, a prime zone for that um, as are other capitals in, in Southern Africa. And there is gonna be a huge, a huge culling. There, there will be inordinate amounts of, of death. So the, the piles of bodies that we were supposed to see on the, you know, to, to, to warrant the kind of nonsense that, you know, of this pandemic, um, we're supposed to have seen piles of bodies on the streets and people staggering around, leaning up against lampposts, coughing up blood on every street corner. That's what you see in a pandemic, people, okay? Lean in, kids. I'm going to teach you a little bit about pandemics. If there's a pandemic, you see death and disease all around you. You see people coughing and spluttering and falling on the ground and fainting. Oh no, none of it. Haven't seen any of it. None of us see any of that on the streets. Why? Well, because it's not happening. And we all know about the empty hospitals. We also all know about the weaponized strains of pathogen that are targeting people and bringing about an exosomic response. But that notwithstanding, the people who are failing to step into right action and pure truth in Johannesburg and in Southern Africa will be dead within 24 to 36 months, almost certainly. Now I've spoken uh, to enough as you probably may know. Um, I'm one of those rare birds who's been lucky enough to have spoken to and spent many, many hours uh, with jointly and severally with most of the leading lights in medical science in the world today, as it relates to Corona, COVID, SARS, and all this shit. So I'm very, very well informed, taken testimonies. I've conducted a thousand interviews and media drops in the last 18 months, a thousand, that's a hell of a lot. And most of them have been emphasized with whether we're dealing with, you know, Robert Kennedy or, or Del Bigtree or Christian Northrup or Andy Wakefield or Tom Cohen or any of these great and good figures. I'm well, well, very well informed on these sub the subject. And what I've been informed this last week is that whoever has taken one jab, um, if they have a good, robust immune system. They could live up to seven years, maybe 10 years at a stretch, but certainly not beyond that. The damage that will have been done through the DNA scrambling will have taken full, um, full containment within seven to 10 years. If 
by distinction, if somebody with a low immune system um, takes one jab, they could be dead within a day. Um, if you've had two, your lifespan is likely to be diminished to 24 to 36 months. Okay. Um, no remedy. Even if you have a robust immune system. Uh, if you've had three and the boosters, uh, you'll be dead, uh, if not before Christmas this year, certainly in the course of next year. So that's what I've heard. I've heard that on very, very sage authority. And I believe that that is underscored by the uh, medical scientist, Nazi, I can't remember his name right now, um, who was on the record at a dinner, I think in Geneva, recently recorded saying the same thing. He's the man, I believe, who patented graphene oxide into vaccines, always responsible for introducing it and promulgating graphene oxide into um, the vaccine program, not just this one, but uh, whether we're talking about the flu vaccine or other vaccines, because graphene oxide apparently has been um, steadily introduced into these so-called vaccinations up until now, whereupon you can stick a magnet on the side of the COVID um, vaccination um, glass and you can see whoop, you can see this little black spider of nano metal particulates immediately forms. I mean, it is beyond spooky. So our you know, bodies are being altered right now into antenna systems that can receive information through scalar, through telegraphy. And so with the 5G kill grid going live, obviously that's a fait accompli. They'll be able to you know, transpose information into you. But it, it's a lot worse than that. You know, it's, 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 you're talking about um, the cyborg process or the transhumanism, AI transhumanization process at the chemist level of chemistry, biochemistry, that's what's actually happening. Not that it hasn't been happening for 75 years, subsequent to fluoride being introduced by the Nazis in, 19, in the 1940s. So that was the early onset process of calcification of the, of the pineal, as we will all know on this call. But you move then into a steady incremental dialing in to the world's food supply and, um, and to the air, the soil and the water of glyphosates and then of course aluminum and the barium and strontium and all these different chemicals raining down through geoengineering. So that cacophony of, of evil chemistry has been designed to bring about the existential threats that we're now facing, which are black mold, because black mold is being, again, transposed into the atmosphere. So it's all around us. Black mold, which is lethal, is not just what you see in the corner of your room there. It's moving, it's, 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 it's emerging in, in the field all around us. You talk about black goo in the basement, in the subterranean chambers of the world. That's another aspect to the story. But I'm mostly concerned about the weaponization of the human biome through this cacophony of evil chemistry that the Nazis have been bringing in to the mainframe for at least 75 years. Now, these um, satanic, luciferic, non-earthly um, non or otherworldly intelligences 
this alien lower astral interventionism, draconian interventionism into the human story, into the, this world um, is longstanding. That goes back a long time. It's part of our cosmogenesis. But the point is, this is a struggle now for who gets to um, inhabit this extraordinary plane. Is it the Adamites? Do we resurrect ourselves after a long journey of learning and resurrect ourselves? Or are we commandeered by uh, a draconian um, uh, forces that are vicariously living through us anyway for a long period of time? That's what this is coming down to. So the battleground, the battleground is the fabric of human soul. The fabric of human soul is informed by moral conduct and a moral code and a spiritual orientation but if you poison the air the soil the water and the microbiome of the human technology including the mind sufficiently through the dream spell what you've done is you've mutated all the and fractured all of the geometry of the soul and at the fabric of soul and thereby we get cracks and fissures in the in in the field in the aura and so on and demonic interventionism creeps in through really the Fabianist um, agenda has done more there than anyone else through introducing alcoholism and, you know, tobacco and, 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 and the hallucinogenic drugs and, um, and, and then mutant, mutant um, codes, incoherent codes that are issuing through screens, even looking at this um, Apple computer that I've got in front of me, I'm painfully aware of the fact that the codes issuing through and connecting with the plasma of my own eyes are incoherent by design, by design. They've created micro conduits for alien intervention. I'm painfully aware of this, you know, that all around us, the fields, I mean, even these glasses here, the plastic polymers are incoherent atoms. The spin of the, the, the geometry and the spin of these atoms is incoherent. So the point is it's all incoherent. Johannesburg exemplifies, exemplifies incoherence at our civilizational level because it is a diabolical vortex of gold, of acquisition, of manipulation, supremacy and dominion of white man's poison onto the heart of, of Mama Africa. So Johannesburg is going to fall, as is Pretoria, as are many of the, the Babylonian centers of Africa. Get ready for that triage of the family. And it's okay. It's really okay. I think it's imperative that we do not get psycho-emotionally identified with the process of alchemy. It is the civilizational, meta-civilizational and interspecies alchemization process which is natural in its own way and very very needful actually let it move with your blessings which is where the absence of judgment withholding judgment is a very very important thing and what we ought to do is replace judgment with bearing witness because to bear witness is where we transcode the divine light within actualized self project that plasma into the field and not just through the eyes but through the psionic center you are essentially extending the empathic wave forms which act as the conduit for absolution and redemption 
of others. That's a form of surrogacy. Mm -hmm. Using the linguistic wave genetics of our body. That's the power of the human body. So really don't identify psycho-intellectually or psycho-emotionally with the horrors of people now who are going to be dropping like rats and flies. That's just going to play out either which way. That's soul covenant stuff. And it's been determined already at, at different levels. Don't get pulled into the psycho-emotional thrall of that because that's a worse kind of false light where we all start getting dramatic about that. No, it's okay. This is choice. These blessed souls have chosen. They chose to roll their arms up. Now, where your grandmother didn't choose to roll her sleeve up, but was taken into a room and forced or injected because she didn't have any say in the matter or because she was hoodwinked by the twat nurse. That's happening all around the world. Let me explain that phenomena. Granny is not necessarily going to die if the empathic waveforms from you, from those around her, can surrogate a healing. Absolutely. We must know that we have that propensity because we do. But, but at the, by the same token, there are others who are going to die to that because that's the covenant. Right now, we're in a very absolutist form of geo geometric um, unfoldment. The, the unfoldment of the geometry of reality in the now is such that it is becoming incredibly austere, very stark, very absolute. This is the Jupiterian aspect, and it's a good thing. This is the bifurcation. This is where I, the man who's waged war against time for the last X 10 years. This is where I salute the lords of time because they've fulfilled their function. They're collapsing now into a Jupiterian aspect of the planetary gestalt, which is going, this is the line. You are either on this side of the line or you're on that side of the line. And it's all connected to frequency attunement. And that attunement is the sword of Damocles that's hanging over every one of our heads, but it is choice, blessed choice. Sasha? Thank you very much. My great pleasure. Okay, Andre, are you the last one? And then we're gonna to have to close. Please, yes. Hi, Sasha. Just a big thank you to Amanda and good to uh, be connecting with you today. Um, Sasha, I hope to speak on behalf of all of those. I'm based in Johannesburg myself, was originally born in Swaziland. I know Bruce is on um, the Zoom call and I have noticed with regards to Swaziland how the people of Swaziland have suffered horrible adversities under a person, a human being that they bow down to and call a king. Um, I don't see him as a king. I see him as one of the most evil last remaining monarchs in the world. And I just want to know what is going on in Swaziland because people just seem so quiet and are super reliant on what their king says at the end of the day. And that's just concerning to me because I look at my parents or well, my father that lives in Swaziland and, you know, we've had a fallout because he just cannot see past how evil the man is. Thank you, Andre, um, and lovely to meet you, brother. Um, look, 
Swaziland, like Kingdom of Lesotho, like Botswana, like there are other enclaves in Southern Africa that are very much um, being set up now as the kind of nouveau Monaco, Liechtenstein um, kind of safe havens for wealthy elites and so on. What I'm saying is that um, some of these smaller kingdoms are highly compromised by um, the politicking connected to Illuminati money. And mm. I don't know, I've not met um, the, the king of Swaziland. I, this, he's not one of the um, um, kings of Africa that I've met. I've met about 200, but I've not met him. And I don't know his story, but I do say this, um, Andre, I would greatly welcome if you could get in touch with me and um, through Amanda, and uh, I will look into this. And I'm very, very interested to follow this up and I can make a few phone calls and I can get some clarity. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. That was amazing. Um, Sasha, thank you so much for your whipping. We take it. <laughs> we appreciate that, was it. that was only the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Anita and her mates. <laughs> All right. Um, so, do you think that our? I mean, I guess this is. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my own thoughts forward. I do think that we've been short um, changed by this whole idea that you know we are visible light and our chakras are made of visible light spectrum and all of that, because I do believe that we are the full spectrum from the zero point right right down to the physical and so there's a point at which you know in this forced awakening we can actually get ourselves to vibrate at a place that's higher than what the dark side has planned for us yeah and that i guess is our only hope <laughs> well agreed agreed more or less look about before before light is sound, vibration. So yeah, it's all, it's all interconnected. There is, there is no distinction. There is no distinction ultimately uh, between me and a 16 foot imperial albino draconian lizard. There is no difference between me and that. There is no difference ultimately between me and a biologically hybridized three foot smelly zeta reticulin alien gray that's gibbering and trying to um, access your codes through telepathy. Ultimately, that blessed creature is subject to me as the Adamite. There is no distinction ultimately between the tree uh, and the leaves in the tree that I'm looking at um, out the window and the DNA that's in my blood. Um, they, they ultimately, the geometry folds in to the same. We are alpha omega, but only once we claim that sovereign throne and that crown and have the audacity and the nobility of expression to receive that crown and that scepter and that throne. And ultimately, we all fall into the still point of Alpha Omega, which is the perennial witness 
And that's a very beautiful thing. It's all a journey. How do we conduct it and how do we, what it, how, how do we want to play um, is really the only question as any um, advanced soul bodhisattva will tell you and if any of you listening in shut your eyes and move into your deepest expression and remembrance you will know that when you die and we exit the mortal flesh we will either depart through the asshole or through the crown and actually there's a spectrum between the crown and the anus that we can also exit the body through Many people just leave through the kind of stomach area and find themselves discarnate, disembodied and see the physical body there and, and are in a bit of limbo for a moment in the, in the hospital room or wherever it is that you've died. And then there is an attunement, an attunement comes about and we are pulled toward <clears throat> objects they could be our husband or wife who moved on before us or our mother or father or whatever. Could be an image of Jesus, could be whatever. The point is, when we move toward the light, we need to very much arrest that process. And I'm talking about Bodhisattva here. Do not move toward the light. Ensure that the light moves toward you. Draw the light toward you. Know absolutely that that is the true mechanics of you exiting the temporal realm. Once that light comes to you, you'll move into dissolution, different phases, white, black, realm of the archetypes, and ultimately, into pitch black and allow all archetypes, all sound, all melody, all enchantment to move away and allow yourself to simply move into that absolute velveteen still point. You've left the world of men. It's gone. You saw it disappear. You left the galaxy, the solar system. You watched all of that leave. It's okay to be surrounded only by velveteen blackness. But hold the question in your heart at that point. Hold the question in your heart and move into your next realm of expression. Don't make the mistake of following light because that is the signature of obeisance, acquiescence, obedience. And it allows for manipulation and interventionism. And what you often find in most cases, almost certainly is that the effigy of Jesus is an alien gray that is going to meet you at the end of that tunnel of light. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. That alien gray is masquerading as Jesus or as whatever it is you want it to be, your mother, and will take you to a realm of a heavenly realm. And you can park your soul in that heavenly realm and it will be beautiful it will be enchanting it will be the elixir it will resuscitate you it'll restore you and ultimately the laws of entropy 
will bring you back into the earth plane for another incarnation, another trial of separation. So the point is, that's the incarnatory cycle. And it's not, it's beyond good and evil. It's way beyond good and evil. It's just what it is. It's the, if we want to elevate ourselves truly beyond into the state of Bodhisattva, where we can choose to come into the temporal realm and we can choose to withdraw at will, that obviously feels better, that we're not subjected to the thrall of cycles. And I would just end my piece today by reminding each of us that that's ultimately the hero's journey for each of us. It's the same journey. We are the same. There's no difference between me and you and me and Alexander the Great and me and you know the, the, the toothless gypsy on the street. We're absolutely the same when it comes down to the hero's journey. So to be able to walk in the world of men, always sanctified in the knowledge that I am no more, no less, is imperative. Sasha, thank you so much um, on behalf of Viv and I and all the people of Africa and Ireland and all the people that are gathered here today and are going to, you know, also in the future witness this video. Just so much love and respect and um, just gratitude for the flame that you've been holding for such a long time. And even as you sit, you've got this beautiful infinity sign behind you. I don't know if you know that but perfect right it's in the, the center place. of your infinity point it's pretty magnificent it's the only, only place in this uh, uh, apartment near the beach that actually looks relatively decent the rest is trust me <laughs> so but yes i can see it thank you oh, beautiful. please can sasha say something about west africa please yes yes, yes. please can sasha say something about west africa please yeah. well, ask the question <laughs> i've been to west um, yes. yes, you talked about North Africa having a role to play in the new phase. What about West Africa? Uh, what, what role does West Africa have in, can, can in I the ask, new phase we are getting? Can I ask where you, where you are? I'm in Ghana. I'm Blessing. My name is Blessing. Hi, hi Blessing. Uh, so I've, I've been... I've been yes. <laughs> I've been to Ghana years ago. I went to meet with your president, Akufur, I think his name was. Is that correct? Oh, wonderful. Right. And, 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 and yes, I. Akufur, yes. Yeah. And I, I, I spent time on the Accra Plains and I got to grips with a fair bit of the, um, of the language of the cross Riverians. And I, I was studying Ghana because I thought it was a classic example. I mean, I, I took the Nigerians and the Ghanaians as being the almost like thesis antithesis these two uh, sides of the same coin um i exactly. don't know yeah i don't know the the um oh incidentally uh I, we had to pay money to the guards at the presidential palace before we were let in i don't know if you knew that back in the day it was oh. uh, it was pretty corrupt back back in the day um but i love i just love ghana there's a sweetness there is a sweetness in the air you know when you when you land um, at the airport and you come out, there's a, there's a sweetness in the air that I really love and I miss it. Um, I don't know what the role of West Africa is. What I did try to express earlier was I said that um, Mauritius must become Africa and Zimbabwe must become Africa. South Africa must become Africa. Uh, West Africa must become Africa. Libya must become Africa. Okay. Africa. 
Africa is the mama. Africa is the contiguous cauldron that we must all identify not with West Africa, East Africa, North Africa, or South Africa. Mm. Identify only with Africa. Mm. Once Africans have reconfigured and re-identified with Africa, Africa's genesis, mm. genesis occurs on that in that moment. It's so, mm. so important. So I'm speaking to different leadership in Africa, and I'm arguing oh. this even at a diplomatic level, I'm arguing the need for us to really disidentify with the sectarianism and this, you know, cross-riverianism. You're so right. What I noticed about Africa, which is a, a, a fascinating observance of mine over the last 20 years, is that most of the countries in Africa emerged off the back of two primary tribal nations that had dominance. Mm of the other smaller tribes but those two tribes were pitted against one another so in ghana the you know and, and nigeria got the cross red variants the, the, the northerners and the southerners in my country we have the uh, amanda bailey or the the matabili and the the vashona and then in you know mm -hmm. the, 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 the Tutsi and so on and i always found it very mm -hmm. interesting the alchemization process of the emergence of modern Africa and the nation states of Africa, it was all based around the rivalry and the factionalism of two primary tribes. And once that synthesis occurs between these elements within each of the nation states, whether it's the Matabili and the Vashona or the Hutus and the Tutsis, this is when mm. we're going to see resurrection of of Africa. So I don't want to uh, stress North Africa, South Africa, although I did for the purposes of this, <clears throat> of this conversation. Um, I'm assuming here, blessed by the tone and the frequency that you represent, that the uh, West African uh, role is the one of the, um, the peacemaker. Yeah. Mm, mm, that sounds so beautiful. Thank you. Let the White House know we are here. We are ready to support and help. <laughs> Tell them I'm here. <laughs> Very good. Very good. God bless Thank you. you so much. That was really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> beautiful. We've got people listening from all over. It's so amazing. Thank you very much, Sasha. Very happy to, to rejoin. And I'm also happy to see that, uh, that uh, my dear friend Ingrid uh, is is here? She's waving there. I can see her. I can't. Uh, yeah, it's a, many many beautiful faces. And yes, you're going to be you. doing that wonderful um, session somewhere in the is it the twenty something um, with with um, Christopher so Maxton and Simon. The twenty first. That's the twenty first. So let me just say uh, because I'm turning now into a salesman that on that day we're doing the Lazarus initiative. And I really very much invite people to join up to that. And you can either just view it retro, retro, retrospectively, or you can become a member and be at the front end of it. But that initiative is so exciting. What we're announcing on the initiative on the 21st on the Lazarus Initiative, which has a website now, lazarusinitiative.com, what I'm announcing and presenting is an absolute fait accompli antidote to the vaccine, which we've now got. So there's a three-step protocol that will unscramble the DNA, RNA. I am beyond 
excited by this. And I'm um, introducing this savant uh, medical scientist who just so you know, is one of the most acclaimed um, and accredited medical scientists on the face of the earth. And I'm gonna be introducing this woman to the Lazarus Initiative and to the world at large through the Lazarus Initiative on the 21st of July. And then at the end, oh, sorry, July, what am I saying? This month, forgive me, Ingrid, I know you just have August, a second. yes. <laughs> 21st of August. And at the end of the Lazarus Initiative at 3 p.m. my time, because I'm in Tulum, Mexico, uh, I'm gonna be jumping on to join Ingrid and um, her team and Laura Eisenhower and friends. Ingrid, uh, I wanted to bring David Sarita on with me across to the, to the global ceremony um, on the day, if that's okay. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk to Chris about it. Um, Amanda, I just wanted to also thank you and Vivian, thank you so much for inviting um, the Americans <laughs> to, to join you today. Um, Vivian, as you know, for the longest time, I've always wanted to join. Uh, the time difference is always an issue to join the, uh, the South African uh, um, sessions that you have. So I really appreciate being here today and it's great to see uh, uh, my dear friend, Sasha again. Um, can I say just a few words to invite everyone to that global ceremony that we are doing um, on, the, uh, on the 21st? Absolutely. Okay. Today we talked a lot, or Sasha talked a lot, really about reclaiming our sovereignty as, uh, as souls. I need to go and re return a hired car. I'm an hour late and they're going to penalize me horribly. So I'm going to love you and bow out and uh, avail myself to any of these wonderful uh, discourses in the future. I'd be very, very happy. Thanks to very much, Sasha. We really appreciate your time and we hope it goes really well in Mexico for you. And we'll see you at that ceremony for sure, Looking supporting forward. you. Thank you very much. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye, Sasha. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.